Okay, guys, I think we can all agree that deviled eggs are the best Thanksgiving food, right? Are you fucking kidding me? Did you... Didn't we talk about this before? This is not a joke right now. This is not a fucking bit. I literally was just looking up recipes for deviled eggs. They're the fucking best. Oh, that's because I'm standing behind you. Oh my god. I got a heart on for a second. <laughs> and then for our audience, in the last 30 seconds, Joel has just shoved 14 deviled eggs in his mouth at once. <laughs> One boneless chicken wing, alright? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, asshole. I'm in fucking quarantine, alright? My diet has gone right out the motherfucking window. But wouldn't you shove 14 deviled eggs in your mouth right now? No. What? <laughs> I can eat them one at a time. More than one, the texture, it's not the taste. I love the taste. It's the texture that just, I'm done. It'll make nah, me throw dude. up. There are people out there that eat one deviled egg? Yeah. At a time. At a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, a deviled egg is, they're cut in half. You squish them together, you pop the whole thing in your mouth as a whole egg, that is a deviled egg. I will straight baby Yoda a plate of fucking deviled eggs, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, quick story. I went to Thanksgiving last year in the before times when we could be around people. Without the fear of killing them, of course. Exactly, yeah. So I, you know, I kept visiting the deviled egg plate, as one does throughout the night, and so... My girlfriend's grandma comes up and she's like, oh, everybody's really enjoying these deviled eggs, huh? And everybody at the table's like, oh, I forgot to get one. Oh, I forgot to. And it kind of comes out that looks like Ian ate the entire fucking plate of deviled eggs by himself. <laughs> <laughs> and then Z had to be in the car with me for two and a half hours after that. Oh. <laughs> that poor fucking That baby. poor long-suffering woman. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This is why we're here. I can't even describe to you the amount of hatred in my face. Whenever my dad, I think a couple years ago, was just like, save some for your brother. And just the look that I gave my brother. Even though he didn't even say anything. It was like, <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> you should just just hand him one and be like, there you go. The rest are mine. There's a reason. I'm sure you put it together why I'm talking about Thanksgiving today, right? Oh, uh, because deviled eggs are good. Puritans, right? Puritans. Oh, Right. Right. But I bet you didn't catch my other segue, which was deviled eggs. God damn. <laughs> the devil, yeah! I thought last week's segues were good, but this <laughs> week, fucking, mm, so tasty. Yes, yes. You know, in the spirit of the holidays, we thought, what better than a couple of Puritan villains? And we picked Matthew Hopkins, otherwise known as the self-proclaimed Witchfinder General. <laughs> As well as the antagonist from Victor Hugo's Hunchback of Notre Dame, Ian, Claude Frollo. Just because I say Hunchback of Notre Dame, because I'm from fucking Indiana, okay? Get over it. Hey, question. Would Claude Frollo in French be Froyo? <laughs> I don't know, but he's delicious with a little bit of, like, sprinkles on top. He is a priest, so it probably was a lot. And he's French. Well, I, that French has nothing to do where I was going with that joke. I was just saying, he's a priest, so... Well, no, I'm saying they would call him Froyo, I guess. I don't know. Joel, are you about to make a jizz gelato joke? I was about to make an ultra boy jizz joke and in, in, incorporate Fro Froyo in there, so... Okay, okay. Also, before we go any further, one episode a while back we did on uh, my one of my favorite pop culture villains of all time, 
which was Crowley, the King of Hell, and it is November the 19th, and ladies and gentlemen, after oh, shit. 15 years on air, Supernatural series finale is tonight. So I tip my hat to the King of Hell. I'm going to miss oh, yeah, that Yeah, man, show. may he power bottom in hell forever. Another series that should never have gone past five seasons. You you are going to immediately... <laughs> that's all of our fan base just went away right fucking there. He's not entirely wrong. Maybe we need new fan base. Just for <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to him. I enjoy it. Because you can, you can turn on any episode of Supernatural. You don't have to know what's going on. But one of them just got back from hell, and the other one is mad at that one. <laughs> I feel like that's happened in every season since, like, season three. It, that literally is. Not back from hell. One of them died. Okay. okay. Someone died and was brought back by a cosmic power. Right. And the other one's mad. Listen, can we get back on topic here, please? Can we talk about villains, please? Oh, right, 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 right. I guess. You just kept saying Puritan villains, and I was just like, you said Matthew Matthew Hopkins, and I was like, the Republican from Denver or some shit. I was like, I was <laughs> talking about Puritan villains. Hi. Oh, I went there. So topical, buddy. So let's get started with Matthew Hopkins, born 1620, died 1647, so only 27 years old. Yeah. He was an English witch hunter that was responsible for the executions of over 100 witches, and I say that in quotes, between the years 1644 and 1646. So in two years, this guy was responsible for the executions of over 100 Witches. And here's the thing. You're talking a hundred witches. That is the lowball count. Yeah. That is England being historically kind to this man. We are talking in all actuality. He's in the 300s. Jesus. He is close to being personally responsible for the prosecution and execution of 300 primarily women, some men. And a couple of kids. I would actually expand onto that because, as we'll kind of find out later in this episode, his techniques that he came up with were responsible for even more over the next 30 years, including the Salem witch trials in America. So uh, maybe not directly responsible, but definitely indirectly responsible for however many more between a 30-year span after he died. So when you say techniques, do you mean the one where they take the giant expanding metal, what looks a lot like a, a whisker for uh, for eggs, and they put it inside a woman's vagina, and they turn the crank, and it expands, and until she had confesses, it Whoa. tears Whoa. the vaginal uh, area outside and causes massive bleeding? You mean that technique, right? No, what <laughs> that's not what fuck? I was talking about. But but that's part of his fucking technique. Yes, this this is this is England's hometown hero, folks. When you said technique, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, did he like invent the kickflip three sixty or like what was it? No, no, it's egg beaters up the badge. For our audience, in case Ian sounds awfully surprised by all the shit that we're talking about, that's because he did literally no research for this episode, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, fuck you. I'm supposed to play the voice of the audience here. I'm playing along with those at home to ask the, the hard questions. Like, was it a skateboarding trick? So his astonishment is legit, people. And that's what makes this show even better than it normally would be. That's right. When I do less research, it's better. <laughs> 
I, now, I said self-proclaimed Witchfinder General, and that's because this title was never actually bestowed on him by Parliament. Uh, this is kind of like the guy who, like, walks around your neighborhood and yells at uh, fucking minorities and shit, yeah. and then self-proclaims himself as the neighborhood watch. He's an official volunteer. <laughs> yes, the assistant to the regional manager, if I might. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He is the original ye old England version of Dwight or Karen. <laughs> oh, fuck. I want to see the crossover now where Dwight is a fucking witch hunter. <laughs> I mean, I could see that. Not a whole lot is known about Hopkins' like childhood, because there's not really any surviving documents concerning him or his family when he was a kid. Now, it is known that he was one of six children. Uh, his father was a strict clergyman, so... Uh, and he was super popular with local parishioners. So he, he was under the strict religious guidelines as a child anyway. His father was super liked by the community, actually. Not really a whole lot known outside of that, aside from after, you know, he started getting older into his teens. Yeah, and he kind of grew up with, a, what would you call that? I don't know, probably like a sociopathic chip on his shoulder or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I have a real question, and this is not, like, a bullshit one. So when was this that he started to, like, get interested in getting into the church? When he was 20 is when he moved to Manning Tree, Essex. And so he used his family inheritance to purchase the Thorn Inn in Missley. And at this time, he started getting involved in the religion a little more. Obviously, he had ties to it with his father. And he was thought to be trained as a lawyer based on his prosecutions that would eventually come, but this was never proven to be the case. So it was really around this time when he would get into religion, but it's a little different than that, Ian, because part of me feels like this didn't have a whole lot to do with religion, and this was more of a scam. This He was fucking scamming people. This guy wasn't a priest? No. Oh, uh, what the fuck? He's just a dude. The closest education that they have been able to find out about his legal... Uh, legal precedent is some questionable documents found in, if I'm not mistaken, Amsterdam before that time, because you have to understand that during this particular period in English history, they are experiencing the English Civil War. This is one of England's many civil wars that they were going through, and this was, it is documented that his father sent him away for a little while during one of the more brutal periods in that time of war, but his actual education is still up for question. And when you mentioned he purchased that in was right after he had returned home. And what was going on at that particular period of time is they weren't just experiencing a civil war. On top of that, they were experiencing the beginnings of a famine. Oh, a food shortage. Before we go on, I do want to talk about the fact that like this guy didn't create witch hunting. By the way, there were the Lancaster witch trials of the early 1600s. I think they started in like 1612 or something. This was going on way before this. And it wasn't until he kind of self-proclaimed and got involved that the prerequisites of being a witch just loosened up way fucking more. Mm, okay, so in other words, it was like it was a very specific set of rules. And then some dude who just like fucking freelanced this shit came in and said, you're a witch and you're a witch. Everybody's a fucking witch. I wasn't that off whenever I said that this dude was like a neighborhood watch guy who was just like, I don't like them brown people hanging out on my fucking yard. Damn. I'm going to say it's illegal. And then like the cops don't really give a shit. So they're like, eh, whatever. This guy can just do whatever he wants. And he's the boss. 
Like, that's kind of similar. I would call him the Wayne Gretzky of witch hunting. Like, he saw where the puck was going. Wayne Gretzky has that thing where he, he says, you know, don't look at where the puck is, look at where the puck's going. And he saw where the puck is going and recognized that there's a niche market for him to excel in, which, if I'm not mistaken, it's around this time, led him to write what is now considered the holy scriptures of witch hunting, the Malum Maleficarium. The badassest name for a book ever. <laughs> it also sounds like a curse from Harry Potter. It does. Fetus deletus. Mr. Potter, it appears to me that you have the Malus Maleficarium, and you only get that from unprotected sex. You're lucky you have your mother's eyes, Potter. I don't know what that has to do with <laughs> I was like, because he'll lose them. You said Harry Potter, and I just... <laughs> just... <laughs> okay, we got to talk about something here. Because the reason I brought up the Lancaster Witch Trials is because in the early 1600s, the way you found a witch, basically, was if a woman was out of her mind, basically, if she was crazy and or caught practicing witchcraft, then she was charged as a witch. She was charged with practicing witchcraft. But this this changed. Yes and no. Is it, the particulars of Matthew Hopkins' brand of witch hunting was built on uh, something that had recently had begun and became more popular. It always happened, but it became infinitely more popular as, as food became more scarce and as the war continued to rage on. It would take a very serious accusation of some behavior doesn't matter what it was you know my plants in the garden died and so and so called me a bitch the other day that's where it started and then matthew hopkins took that the beginning of that whole paranoid uh outbursts by people under great stress and just wayne gretzky did ran the fuck with it he gretzkyed (laughs) it Yeah, but there's a big difference between after he basically self-proclaimed himself to be Witchfinder and before then. Yeah, like what? I was just giving context to show that this is the bedrock where his fucking insanity started, is what I was trying to say. Certainly this stuff was starting, but like originally it was the mental state that was looked at. And if a woman was either mentally insane because they didn't understand it or actively caught practicing witchcraft, then they were charged. Now, what Matthew Hopkins added to this was he basically put this idea into the higher-ups' heads that not necessarily the practice of witchcraft has to prove that they're a witch, but really anything that could be considered a covenant with the devil. And this goes to what Joel was kind of saying. Stealing or basically acting anything non white christian male so he expanded the definition of what witchcraft was or what insanity was rather exactly he took what the cultural zeitgeist was heading to and he molded that into something that he could work with like legitimately it was you have to be caught practicing witchcraft to well my wife wanted to have sex with me on top This could be a problem. (laughs) Better! Right. He actually 
blended something that was already created with these witchcraft laws. The law that was already created was called Crimin Acceptum, which was a crime that was basically so foul, so terrible, that normal procedures were basically put aside because of the severity of dealing with the devil. So he mixed that with the witchcraft laws, and this is why he was able to do this fucked up torture shit that Joel was bringing up earlier. Like, I mean, things were done still a certain way in the 1600s. You still usually weren't allowed to just fucking torture people. Yeah, so what period was this again? 16 what? This was uh, 1640 when this started. Okay, so this is like 40-ish years after uh, Parliament starts coming to power in England. So this is not a lawless land, and the church doesn't have as much power as it it's used weird. to. It's weird. It's almost like a powerful group of people saw an opportunity to keep a bunch of ignorant people ignorant instead of educating them and use that ignorance to come to power. <laughs> no, the, the, Never heard of that. Never, never heard of something like that happening. Hold on, the FBI's at the door. I'll be right back. Never heard of this before. That's that had to be the first time. And at this point, like Hopkins and his partners received permissive letters from Parliament. Now they never received the title of Witchfinder General, but they received permissive letters to go county to county and witch hunt. And this is where it kind of became a scam. He was basically appointed by Parliament to go county to county and charge towns 20 shilling fees to oust their witches. Okay, question. So how did this get started? Because it's just like wing walking. You don't just like one day, hey, I want to step on top of a plane while it's moving. Like This got started with him sitting in a fucking pub. I guess it wasn't a pub then. I don't know what the fuck they called pubs in the 1600s. I mean, the dude ran an inn. Public public houses is what they were called. That's where the name pub comes from. He was sitting in the, in the inn... And overheard two women talking about how they met with the devil. Which sounds like bullshit. I mean, when you meet with the devil, you usually aren't talking about it. Yeah, in fucking public in England in the 1600s. Oh yeah, I met with the fucking devil the other day. Right, nice chap. (laughs) See, now that was just code. See, back then, you know, again, a woman with a sex drive was considered evil. So basically... That was medieval England's version of just talking about getting a D appointment. Oh, yeah. They were probably drunk in a, at the fucking pub in the inn, and, and they were like, man, I really just wish my husband would rail me from behind one time. And then the guy was, like, overhearing and was like, oh, fuck. They're talking about the devil. She kept saying things about the devil flipping her bean. Oh, I'm just saying it, it would be nice if maybe, just maybe, he could do more than three thrusts. I'm just saying. Better! But it is as God wills it. Yeah, she's like, yeah, even six thrusts. And he was like, six! Six, six! The mark of the beast! (laughs) (laughs) He he didn't hear the nine part after the six, obviously. Oh, Oh, stop! No! No, because there is nothing more disgusting than a 1600s woman or man... Either fucking one engaging in 69. I would... Hey, hey, don't try to yuck their 1600 yum. Why are you kink shaming, bro? You're Puritan kink shaming. Yeah, why are you kink shaming? <laughs> I'm not kink shaming. I'm yeah, fucking dude. talking about cleanliness. You are 1600s kink shaming, mm-hmm. my friend. You are. Yes. You know what? I <laughs> yes, fucking am. And I'm not going to apologize for it. I am the Joe Rogan of 1600s kink shaming. Okay? I'm going to stand by it. This is the hill I die on. Uh, question. Is that a self-proclaimed title or did Parliament give you that? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go around from town to town making fun of people's kinks for 20 shillings then, governor. I don't know the classic <laughs> funk band, but I'm sure they'd agree with me. 
Ooh, I see you. So, yeah, as I was saying, it's kind of scammy at this point. Like, he's basically done this accusation that he heard two women talking about the devil. And really, his first shebang was accusing 23 women of witchcraft in Essex, leading to the imprisonment of every one of them, and four of them died in prison. Holy shit. Dude, do you think the guy that got the letter from him that was like, Dear Parliament... Can I talk, go get the witches? And some guy was like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, whatever, 20 shillings. And then he hears the news a couple days later. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. (laughs) Fuck, this worked. He just slowly backs behind the curtain. (laughs) (laughs) As we were kind of talking about earlier, the thing that Hopkins is most famous for with his witch hunting was the number of techniques that he basically created to see if they were witches. And these were not techniques that were previously done. They weren't done before because they were fucking stupid. They were the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Right, listen, if we take and we cut that tart's arm with a dull knife, right, right, and she doesn't fucking bleed. She's made of wood. What's that tell you? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, all right, yeah. What else does it tell it you? It tells me I need a better knife. <laughs> right, and who messed with your knife? The devil! <laughs> and who works for the devil? Her arm! Close enough! That's fucking right. <laughs> oh my god. God is making so much sense. It's called science, son. It's called fucking science. We're joking about this and like saying, you know, doing the Monty Python skit with this, but like that whole skit from Monty Python with the if she floats, she's the same as a witch and stuff. That was actually a thing. Like no. they would tie these women to wooden chairs and heave them out into a pond or a lake. And if they floated, they would fucking kill them because. Yeah. They were saying that the witches were unbaptized and that if they floated up from the water, if they didn't sink, it meant that the water was rejecting them because of their evilness. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to skip right past all the stuff that you already know is, is fucked up about that. But also, I kind of feel bad for that one really fat chick <laughs> that got thrown in. Because they like, she, finally one floats and they're like, oh, fuck, look at that. All right. Well. <laughs> they all floated. That's the thing. Like, they were strapped to a wooden but, chair. Hold on. They were thrown in the water, and then they floated. Wow. The chair was buoyant. Oh. So it didn't matter if they fucking oh. were going to f- sink to the that bottom. Makes a lot more the sense. chair fucking floated. It was just an execution with extra fucking steps. Yeah, it was lose lose. No matter what, it was lose lose. But some other things that they would do was number one, this one I thought was super kind of relevant and fucked up, but relevant to kind of our times was sleep deprivation. Because that is something that police do now with interrogations to basically get false confessions out of people is by not letting them eat or sleep. And you know, a lot of these techniques are actually sounding like a lot of cult leaders. Oh, too. absolutely. You can see the pain. So like lack of food, uh, styling yourself as Aren't we just talking not. about Christianity though, honestly? Steven. No, no, Steven does Steven. present a good point <laughs> and I don't. Listen, you guys keep giving me shit for bringing up these similarities, but you can't fucking deny Dude, it. Dude, I'm not going to say that at all, but people have used excuses for every fucking thing in the world, okay? And listen, here's the thing. No, Steven's not wrong. No. Okay, there is many, many similarities between cult cult leader behaviors and medieval, uh, medieval Christian. Not just medieval. We're well, going to say more medieval than <laughs> modern day Christianity. How's that work? And also, I'm going to say that we're 
we're probably more inundated with that information because we speak English, but there's been plenty of cult leaders that weren't Christian, too. But let's not, let's not stop here. I want to hear about more fucked up ways to die. Okay, this one was pretty crazy. They would basically strip the women down naked and then look for moles or extra nipples or any kind of birthmark. They just wanted to touch some titties. I mean, anything that they saw that was irregular, that was a mark of the devil. Are you fucking... What the fuck? Legitimately, they believed that large moles or birthmarks were where a witch's familiar, which if you folks at home don't know, a familiar is a spiritual entity that a witch uses, and it is the go-between before the witch and the devil. It's like in uh, Sabrina. What's the cat's name? Uh... Yeah, it's uh, the cat. Whatever, that fucking thing. No, what's his name? How do we not know Sabrina's cat's name? I don't know. Uh, the only reason I ever... Meow, man. The only reason I watch that new well, Sabrina show is for Lucy Davis. You put... I'm just, Ooh, yes, okay. dude. Damn. Okay, I'm gonna say it again. Lucy Davis. Damn. His name is Salem. How fucking stupid are we? Salem. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, right. So, wow. Here's the thing. They believe that these birthmarks, extra nipples large moles and freckles were actually where the familiar would suckle like a child from the body of the witch in order to feed off the witch's spiritual essence in order to feed it and thus give that They're energy back. Shit up. No, he's making that shit up. He's making the shit up. Yeah. Okay. The other thing to go along with Joel talking about familiars is not only would they accuse the woman of being a witch, but they would accuse their dog of cat or cat of being a familiar. Oh, they would cut the witch with a knife. And if the dog or cat licked up any of the blood, then obviously she was a witch. And then they would kill them both. I'll leave the fucking dog out of it. Like what dog isn't going to lick your blood? You know what I mean? It's like, that's not a question I've ever asked myself. You think that's bad, Ian? You think that's bad? During this particular time and afterwards, it was so prevalent to kill cats in these villages that were going through them that within months, the rat infestation that would happen afterwards because the rat's natural predators were gone would be astronomical. And that would also, again, feed into the paranoia and the superstition of the collective group. And the fucking plagues. So now you have... Filthy creatures, rats, overrunning the area, as well as the plagues, as well as the lack of food because these animals are now eating all the grain in the grain silo that now you're just feeding into it. What I've noticed is that, for me, in all honesty, Matthew Hopkins kind of started... Have you guys ever heard of SCP? It's an internet thing where someone came up with an idea for a secret government agency, the SCP Foundation, Secure, Contain, Protect... They gave them a loose outline of what they're supposed to write, and then you could create within that world all kinds of new and strange and monstrous creatures as long as you stayed within the mythology outlines that were given to you. And I feel like this is the first, I guess, modern-ish? No, I guess this is the first recorded history version of this kind of thought exercise being put into the real world. Hopkins came up with a basic outline of extremely crazy shit, and then he just kind of let it go, and as long as you maintained within the boundaries of his fiction he's created, it became canon. So, Matthew Hopkins is basically just improv-setting his way 
to burning people. He anvended himself into the yes. fucking yeah. dark ages. He like bursts into the thing. He's like, all right, you get on the fucking floor. Also, you, I, I need a job. I need a time of day and a type <laughs> of cookware. Yeah, he was met with oppression from people who thought that the torture was wrong. And eventually they were able to like kind of put a lid on it a little bit, but he had retired by then. And I say retired, although he was only 27 when he fucking died. He retired at like age 25, but he retired from witch hunting because the oppression was starting to come against his uh, sneaks a little bit. His practices were still recommended in law books afterward, although they weren't used as much. He ends up writing his own book called The Discovery of Witches, which is like the dummy's guide for how to fucking figure out who's a witch and how to murder them, by the way. That's a good one. <laughs> it's a real page turner. Yeah, I was just thinking like, so how long was he active then? Uh, really for like two to three years. Okay, yeah. and he get, got a pretty high body count for that too and wrote a pretty shitty book too, apparently. And then he died at 27? Like... Did somebody poison him in his... Yeah, tuberculosis. Oh, really? No, he died of a tuberculosis in his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, as we were saying, like, earlier, his methods were used over the next 60 years in England after he died, and as and in America for the Salem Witch Trials, which, you know, the American ones, you didn't have any witch burnings and stuff like, uh, like you did in Europe in America. In America, you didn't have witch burnings. You had... Uh, Hangings and pressings. Yeah, the uh, in Salem, I was actually really surprised to hear that whenever I went to Salem a few years ago. We did, like, the tour and, like, went to the graveyard and saw all the really cool witch stuff. It was fucking awesome. Anyway, the ones in Salem, that was 18 women and one man. And the man wasn't even accused of being a witch. He just wouldn't testify against the women. And so they they pressed him to death. You know, you guys know what that means? Yeah, yeah. Just big stone on top of big stone on top of big stone on top of him. Yeah, and... That guy, if I remember, was pretty much a badass, too, because at the end, like, I think his last words were like, Fuck you! Yeah, basically. <laughs> Fuck you! Yeah. I say unto thee, fornicate with thyself! Yeah, this guy didn't get any repercussions. So he died in his home in, in 1647 of tuberculosis, which I guess is a shitty way to go out uh, when you're 27. But it's 27 was also probably the, the life expectancy around that point. And, like, hours after he died, he was buried in the church graveyard God down the man. road, and he was seen as a hero, like, to the townsfolk. Yeah, because all those townsfolk, I, I, I bet that a majority of people at the time were probably illiterate, too. So, if someone came to town that was had a piece of paper in their hand that said that this guy is fucking legit as shit, and he's gonna clean out your town... You guys are having all kinds of problems, right? There's a plague going on. There's a fucking famine going on. Here's the dude that can fix it. And this guy comes in. He makes a big-ass show. It's it's basically like revival tents today. Yeah, he just comes into town. It's like a big fucking show. And then they squish or burn some people or something. It's got like a cool tagline. Like, I got the itch to find a witch or some shit oh, like that. Oh, that's so good, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so Christ. fucking good. Yeah, dude, burn her. Give me that old-time religion. <laughs> Give me that old-time religion. Find a witch to burn next Wednesday. It's good enough for me. It's just ridiculous. It's just insane that this guy, in four years, he legitimately changed the course of history. The world as we know it now is 100% different. And I'm beginning to see more of these villains of ours. It's that Eminem song. You got spaghetti on Man? my sweater? Yeah, which one? They're in the moment. Okay, question. So, like, he obviously shaped a lot of what we look at as witches today, whether we want to admit it or not. Because, like, the whole familiar thing, I wonder how much of that, like, the idea of a witch having a familiar really even, 
was popularized at the time. And then he was like, oh, yeah, uh, third nipples, that's a, that's a familiar thing. And everyone's like, oh, what the, what's a familiar? And he's like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> right, exactly. You guys don't know about familiars? No, boy. Mm, got a bunch of amateur witch hunters that's right. here. We're going to have to kill them, too. Yeah, I mean, it was basically like the... Uh... The scene in Ghostbusters when uh, when they clear out the dining hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember when he's like naming off all the things that uh... we got an ectoplasm. We got uh, yeah, and they're like racking up the bill. He's like, just do it, just take him. Yeah, this guy doesn't fucking understand anything that he's fucking saying. He's just like, oh yeah, we got this witch. She's doing this, 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 and this. You know, you know, you give me twenty shillings and I'll dispose of her. You know, it, it's very much that fucking situation. Yeah, I wonder, did he have a posse? Yeah, he had a posse. Yes, yes, he did. Okay, so he definitely had a hype man, but instead of like a, a gold chain with a clock on it, it was like a gold chain with like a sundial or something. He had a witch bitch. Yeah, boy, you got these witches up in here? Which final general go fuck them bitches up? It's like a dude <laughs> yeah. with a recorder. You guys ready to move on to... Dom Claude Frollo. Uh, I'm sorry, Stephen. I think you've got Frollo. <laughs> that is the best Quasimodo impression I've heard all day. Nicely done. <laughs> she gave me water. <clears throat> sorry, she gave me water. I guess we have to laugh in French for the rest of this, right? Anytime we laugh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Stephen. Would you be talking about the antagonist of Victor Hugo's 1931 novel? The Huntsback of Notre Dame. Oh, Steven, you have fucked up so bad, buddy. You don't know what you've done. <laughs> the, the accent king has returned, motherfuckers. Yes, I've been here the whole time. Oh. oh. You suffer! <laughs> yeah, so it is Notre Dame, not Notre Dame, as Ian says. You know, agree to disagree. <laughs> All I can think of now is every single priest running out of, like, the rectory hitting the top of the door frame, like in Rudy. <laughs> oh. Yep. That's all I can think of now. How many confessions are we going to get? All of them. All of them. Go, go, go. <laughs> and they just start slapping the top of the fucking door frame as they're on their way to save souls. Frollo's at the 10, the 20. He will go all the way. I would watch this. It's another soul for Jesus. So would Quasimodo be oh. the hunch quarterback? Yes. Yes, Stephen. You would, you slow clap, boy. You beautiful, slow fucking clap. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. (laughs) So yes, he does kind of look like John Elway if you think about it. A little bit. So yeah, uh, Claude Frollo was the archdeacon um, of Notre Dame, Notre Notre Dame. God damn you, Ian. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> oh, we got you, fucker. So he's a super intelligent man who was orphaned with his younger brother when their parents died of the bubonic plague. As a youngster, he was a fife who mostly funded his brother's alcoholism. So uh, he basically grew up parentless with an alcoholic brother who sucked all of his money away from him. Mm, there's a better way to put that. <laughs> he sucked it right away from him. Mm, I don't like that at all. Considering the history of interpersonal relationships with family members in this uh, podcast series we have done, perhaps saying anything sucking away and his brother might not be the best option. That's true. Oui. It might get confusing for oui. our listeners, so yeah. A couple of them might get a little hard. Who knows? Mm. Remember what I said earlier about needing a new fan base? Mm, it looks <laughs> like we are going to have to get one. I know that the French contingency is right out the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> Baguette. What the fuck was that? <laughs> 
Dude, your French laugh sounds like you are just about to get it. Uh, I am. <laughs> no, I don't. No, no. <laughs> please, no. please explain it. Explain no. It, so he joined the church at a very young age. He starts working there and he rescues this abandoned child, this hunchback Quasimodo. Raises him like a son, teaches him sign language because Quasimodo as a baby was made deaf by the church bills. Right. And he named him Quasimodo because that was the day that he found him, right? There was like a holiday. Quasimodo Sunday is what it was called. Come on down to Bell's Emporium for Quasimodo Sunday! Quasimodo Sunday! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Do you want your baby to be deaf? So as he gets older, he starts to dabble in alchemy a little bit and ends up like spreading the word to the masses around the city that he's a sorcerer. Not to be fucked with. I, he is a sorcerer with whom not to be fucked. Yeah, which I thought at the time that would ditch you burnt, but whatever. Listen, he was doing it in the name of God, Ian. Right, and he's not a woman for God. Go on. <laughs> right, right. When you're a sorcerer and you practice sorcery in the name of God, it's totally cool. It's totally right. cool. But if you were born with a vagina, you're fucked. Exactly. He was also uh, deep-seated with extreme and irrational fear of women. Kind of sounds like the first fucking neckbeard from a Comic-Con. I yeah. was about to say the same thing. I am a wizard, and I have the power of God and anime on my side. Oh, God, it's a girl. No, God. Mm. I guess he is kind of an incel, isn't he? Yeah, I he guess. He is. He's using alchemy to find the first red pill. <laughs> now listen here, listen here, Quasimodo, Quasimodo. Let's not think emotionally. I need you to think practically and uh, logically at this moment. Do we really need women? Do we actually need a wet-ass pussy? I think not. So even though he is afraid of women, his celibate views are tested because of his passion for the beautiful Romanian Esmeralda. And... He cannot resist her, and he tries to advance on her, but she refuses him because he's a gross incel. And he's like, oh, well, if she refuses me even though I wanted her, then she must be sent by the devil to tempt me. And I better abduct her because that will be me capturing a demon. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Victor Hugo wrote the official first incel because the moment you're like, yeah, he was tempted and but only by one woman, she denied him, and he got all butt hurt. It's like yeah, he's a fuck boy. by someone that didn't even want him. Why is it that you are always after the bad boys? What about the man who has been good to you? I have been a good man to you. Don't you understand? <laughs> <laughs> what is that guy's name? Uh, Chad or something? He advanced on her. She said no, so she's got to be a demon at that point. That's like the 1800s version of. Uh, calling a woman who won't fuck you a whore. He just walks past every Esmeralda every day with his big mm -hmm. giant church hat, and he's just like, oh, melody. I moved on her like a... <laughs> no. Can we just not? Can we just... We are having a good time. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So at this point, he kind of burns a bridge with Quasimodo because he sets him up for a crime. Quasimodo's publicly humiliated. He doesn't even fucking care, doesn't pay attention because all he wants is Esmeralda. But she is in love with Phoebus... And so he follows them, and right before they're about to fuck, he stabs Phoebus in a jealous rage and then forcibly kisses Esmeralda, captures her, and attempts to rape her at the cathedral. And this is when Quasimodo's like, uh, listen, I'm dead, and I can hear her saying no to you. Oh, there it is. <laughs> this was the part when I watched the Disney film, uh, Disney adaptation of this, I was like, 
as we were getting closer to where this part would be if the if the movie went by the novel, all I could think of was, what the fuck is the Disney song going to sound like this? <laughs> I know you said no, but I'm going to fuck you. Spread them legs, you Romanian whore from hell. Because it's playing for me to see. Have you seen the Disney movie? Have you guys seen it? Ages ago. There's literally a, a basically a rape villain song in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and the fucking dude who does the voice for him is also the dude who did the voice in that video game that we used to love. Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. Yeah. Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. It was so fucking good. He also did the voice of Chairface from The Tick. <gasps> Holy shit, he did. Yeah, so the song in Hunchback is called Hellfire, and it's basically him singing about how he has to have sex with Esmeralda. Yeah, because he's got Hellfire in his crotch. Yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. No, 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 Archbishop, Archdeacon, this is not the last you are experiencing. This is syphilis. I don't know how to tell you this. It's no good. <laughs> the Hellfire you are feeling is not supposed to hurt like that. I don't know how to say this, but it's, it's a metaphor, not literal pain. Okay, you're quickly heading into Cholo. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I noticed that. Yeah. And I really I really was just going to go and see how far I could take it. So, yeah, this is super fucked up. Like, even the Disney movie, like, the story, you're kind of like, oh, this is dark. Like, So he sentences her to death when Quasimodo intervenes the rape, and uh, she escapes, but she's captured again because... Basically, the person waiting for her after she escapes is Frollo in a hood. And he's like, okay, caught you again, bitch. What the fuck? Yeah, he's like, last chance. You have One last ultimatum. You have to fuck me or be hung. So, of course, she chooses to be hung because he's an incel. She would literally rather die than fuck this guy. Die, yeah. <laughs> and he's not. And he's not what? So we, oh, hung. Um, I get it. Uh, That's... Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I made a dick joke. I'll be You're here saying he's week. not the hung back of Notre Dame? It makes me feel bad that I laughed at that. We, we, we are originally going to call him Peter North, but then we thought Quasimodo sounds much better. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Before she's hanging, like she's about to be hung and he's like laughing and he's like, ha ha ha. <laughs> no, he's like, ha, ha, ha. I was going to say. <laughs> this enrages Quasimodo, and Quasimodo just pushes his ass off the cathedral, and he trips on a gargoyle and was, like, hanging there. And he's like, help me, Quasimodo. And Quasimodo's like, nah. <laughs> no, man, fuck Quasimodo me. turned into a fucking Rorschach from the Watchmen movie. <laughs> and I will watch the Archdeacon look up and say, save me. And I will say, none. <laughs> no, Quasi no! Like, Quasi no do. God damn it! <laughs> what? He is on fucking fire. <laughs> oh, he's got the crotch fire or the uh, fire down under. Hellfire, hellfire, hellfire. Fucking no do. <laughs> so anyway, to finish this up, he falls to his death in the town square, and it gets even more fucking metal, uh, both figuratively and literally, in the Disney film. Because the entire fucking town is on fire with molten steel and he falls into fucking, basically, magma. Well, no, I guess it'd be lava. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I get Yeah, it. it doesn't matter. He falls into it and fucking melts in the Disney movie, which is somehow more brutal than the 1800s French novel. Dude, so are you telling me right now that he was like the original Terminator from Terminator 2 when they like 
dip him in there and he just had like the thumbs up all the way down yeah he went down but he was doing like the white power okay signal as he was going down (laughs) Quasimodo I see what this is coming out to your face tears for me I am a machine I wish I could have had sex with the Romanian woman now I must just melt into hellfire I can't confirm that incels are all white supremacists, but I'm just going to go ahead and say they are. (laughs) I'm going to say there's probably a large overlap. That Venn diagram almost looks like a circle. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, guys, where do these, where do these villains belong on the bowler hat scale? Ooh, one second. What the fuck was that? That's how I get you guys to stop talking. (laughs) Uh, So in my 18 minutes of research here, um, I was looking up some other books from the 1830s, much like Hunchback of Notre Dame. I tried to say it right that time. So we got, let's, okay, y'all ready for some fucking bangers in here? Y'all ready for some motherfucking bangers? We got Oliver's Twist. We got Little Mermaid. I don't know if you, they made a thing about that one too. Emperor's New Clothes. They made a thing about that one too. Holy shit, there's a lot of fucking Disney movies in this. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, but here's my favorite one that I happened to find. Okay, it's called The Wild Ass's Skin. The Wild Ass Skin. This is the real name of it. And I'm going to send you guys a link of the page that I found here. And I want you to read who it was written by. Herbert J. Hunt. No, 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 no. It was translated by Herbert J. Hunt. It's by... Honor de Balzac. <laughs> Honor the Balzac. Jesus Christ. This guy's name is seriously Honor the Balzac. And he wrote The Wild Askin. Thank Honor you for that crack research, Ian. Okay. But let's get back to the original question of where we rate these guys on the bowler hat scale. That's, That's some great research, so, Ian. That is just you know, top-notch. <laughs> top-notch research. Thank you. Thank I'm you. really glad that we opened up the floor to having a third uh, third co-host here, Ian. You know, you just really have just brought your game this time, and I just, I really appreciate you. I am le crushed inside, much like those that were crushed under the rocks at <laughs> the tr- witch trials. So you have squished my soul out of me. And like him, your final words to me are, fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> Bowler hat scale. Where does, uh... General Witchfinder, self-proclaimed General Witchfinder. Uh, you know what? Matthew Hopkins got a lot done in a real short period of time, and he had a lasting effect on not just American history, but world history, changing basically the... Got a lot done? It's a weird way to put it. It, But it's true. He got a lot of shit done Yeah. in a short period of time that had rippling effects throughout world history. All right? And he got a lot of people okay. fucking killed just by him personally. You know, not to mention the legacy of his work after that. I'm going to have to put Matthew Hopkins up there at an 8.59 just for the amount of time he had and what he got done and the legacy he left behind. I realize you're saying 8.5 or 9, but the way you said it made it sound like you're putting him at an 8.59. <laughs> Let's just round up to 8.6 if we can. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 8.5 or a 9. <laughs> hey, but I said 9 after. Thank you. Joel, Joel, Joel. 
Steven just said six. He's a witch! Right, and what is nine? What is nine? Nine is six upside down. Uh, it's, it's a number. Which wouldn't that be God? It's the opposite of the devil. Oh, which means <laughs> if you're upside down, then it's a... Six? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I Listen, it. if you're saying that it, nine is the number of God, but we are children of God, which means right. we are part of God, which means we're not of God. Right. So us using that particular term, right. nine is of God, means that we are inherently sinful, correct? Yes, and because we carry the atrocity of original sin with us, that nine now takes is removed from its holy number and is now made evil. So, in fact, it's six upside down. Right, I I don't know what you said, but I'm just going to assume you're making fun of me. He's a witch! He's a witch! He's a witch! <laughs> Alright, yeah, I agree. I'm going to go 8.5 as well. What about the fucking original neckbeard? No, Ian, you got to give us your score. Yeah, what are you doing? What's your score? Dingus? He figured he didn't have to do any research so he doesn't have to have an opinion on the fucking bowler hat scale. Uh, fuck you. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> fuck you! Man, I think that... This might be kind of a Gretzky situation where he really just happened to be there at the right time. But that, isn't that really how all cult leaders and mass murderers happen? They happen to, because they're the right guy for the right time. But I do see what you're saying about the... They also place themselves... I mean, the, he prayed on, on... He went looking for it, found what he needed, and he used that yeah. to his advantage. I mean, he did write the fucking letter first. It's not like they were like, Yo, dog, we heard you were a badass witch haunter. We're looking for witch finders. You know any? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say probably about the same. I'm going to say 8.69. How about uh, Frollo? Froyo. <laughs> I do love his gelatos. <laughs> but not Esmeralda. She didn't love his gelato. <laughs> she was lactose intolerant. Ooh. He's kind of a pathetic bitch. He is. Yeah, but he is literally the prototype for fucking neckbeards. Like, the more we talked about it, the more I realized he was like, okay, so he advanced on her, even though she did nothing but just exist, and her existence alone was an affront well, to him. Not only that, but he, like, convinced the town that he was a badass sorcerer and, like, was in the right, and it's... Yeah. I'm sorry, like, both of these guys just bring up and I hate to, I know you brought it up and I yelled at you, but both these guys bring up some serious Donald Trump vibes to me. Yeah, like, I could imagine he's in, he's in the church, he's writing, like, while you were plowing the fields, I was uh, learning the way of the blade, like. Don't do it, Joel, I see your fucking lips puckered to say China. <laughs> listen, I'm just gonna say it now, Esmeralda, Esmeralda, listen. Uh, you got an accordion in your hands a little more. I know that I disgust you. I know that I disgust you, and I need you to understand that this penis right here, it's fabulous, it's amazing, it's wonderful, it's the best penis you're ever going to have in the 1600s. What I am going to say, Esmeralda, is if you don't have sex with me, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and I don't care what they write on the walls. Uh, they're lying. It's all a conspiracy. They're trying to steal, they're trying to steal my bishopness. Okay. Don't sugarcoat it at all. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to say 5.5 to 6. Because he didn't really kill anybody. I'm going to have to say he's very much an Elmer McCurdy. I'm, I'm putting him out of 4. I'm straight up just putting him out of 4. I think I'm actually going to go the opposite of this. Yeah, he's pathetic, but he... if. 
if what we're saying is true and he's like the prototypical the original like neckbeard i'm gonna say i'm gonna put him in like a seven because i fucking hate those dudes i know i do too I, I gave him a six. I'll give him a six. Listen, listen. Just because you're the original doesn't make you the best. Oh, no. I'm not saying that. You were out the gate first. All right? That doesn't mean... Hey, we can use this same argument with the witch hunter as well. Because just because he was the first doesn't make him the best. But I'm pretty sure he was... If, you know, if, if you're going to use body count. Are you trying to say that my witch hunting skills are not amazing and fabulous? <laughs> listen, I'm just saying... We're going to build a wall... We're going to squish him with the wall. We're going to build a wall around these witches. We're going to build a wall around these witches. And if any of them have normal human sexual desires, we're going to drown them. And we're going to hang them. Because I'm going to need the uh, witch hunters to stand down and stand by. I'm done. God. (laughs) Yes. No. You know he'd fucking say that. You know yeah. goddamn well he'd say that. He would. If witch hunting were a thing, if the Proud Boys were the witch hunting boys, it would be fucking, they te- he'd tell them to stand down and stand, stand by. by. Yeah. basically is. It is still a thing, just in a different way. <laughs> Let's get on to some listener feedback. I have one from Winchester P. Gnome from Twitter. <gasps> Winchester? He said, I just finished episode 10, the Blackbeard and Long John Silver episode. I absolutely love your podcast. I have a thing I'd like to say about this episode, though. Treasure Planet is awesome, and so is House of a Thousand Corpses. You both have terrible taste in movies. <laughs> Keep up the good work. <laughs> wow, what a turnaround. It was like, that's awesome, that's awesome, but you all suck, okay? I would like to say something for the record. House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects are the only Rob Zombie films that I actually somewhat like i've said that on record before the movie that we were speaking about in those in those early episodes was his halloween remakes which i think are fucking garbage so therefore i was right about treasure planet and the second comment doesn't really affect me yeah, so treasure planet's fucking awesome <laughs> like i love that movie see when i said treasure planet sucked it's because i got it mixed up with titan ae the one with matt damon where the, apparently they got it. oh yeah so that Upon research, yes, Treasure Planet's awesome. I was just, I got to mix it up. That's like mixing up Independence Day and uh, Battleship Earth. Like, wildly yeah. different. <laughs> Listen, all I'm going to say to close out this little piece of information, and I, uh, Winchester P. Gnome, uh, you get a follow just for that on Twitter. I'll find you. Is a Dragula! Also, t- stop telling our listeners you're going to find them, please. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> Also, call back Winchester. Isn't that the name of the boys from Supernatural? Okay. Uh, Joel, why don't you read the second piece of feedback? I just realized what you said about <laughs> how I should stop saying I'm going to find followers. Because the last person I said that to, I ended up dating them. And <laughs> that was a fucking nightmare. So, yeah. Uh, Winchester P. Gnome, another person I'm not going to follow you now. That's right. If you just say something kind of nice to Joel, he's got a low enough standard. No, I have years of trauma and abuse that are unresolved, and I take any kindness as affection. (laughs) I say again, low enough standards. Jesus Christ. Anyway, our next piece of feedback comes from Rich. Rich says, I kept my kid's baby teeth. I also studied bird skeletons, and my son's name is Dexter. His name is Dexter. Does that make me a serial killer? 
Um, hard yes. Hard yes. <laughs> Rich, we talked on the internet. We've talked on Facebook before, buddy. We're Facebook friends. Yes, you are, sir. And I'm not coming to your town when I'm able to finally go over to England. I'm officially frightened now. Oh, wait. This person's in in a different country? He's in the UK. Oh, well, then, yeah, he's totally a serial killer. I wasn't going to say shit if he lived in the US. <laughs> yeah, because then he'd go all Joel and find you. Did you just use his name like a curse word? <laughs> he'd go all Joel on you and inevitably somehow have sex with you. He's being a real Joel right now. Well, I guess it's time for us to go, guys. I gotta go take a big steamy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, did you see the size of that guy? What a real Joel. <laughs> I bet you can't even see his own Joel. (laughs) (laughs) You use his name instead of penis. That's funny. Yes, because I meant small one. (laughs) Oh, of course, of course. (laughs) We are the accent kings now. Look at us. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing to say at this time. It is reminding me of my childhood and I am disassociating. So please wrap up the show so I can cry myself to sleep tonight all right guys if you want to tell your friends about us you can find us on spotify on apple podcasts amazon music tune in pretty much any other major podcast platform out there if you want to hit us up with some feedback find us on twitter instagram or facebook at the curly mustache podcast if you want to check out some other shows from united cypher you can check out motion picture meltdown or edge of the world broadcast (laughs) you can also check out older episodes of talks over games the anime alphabet or music video countdown Lastly, check out some podcasts from friends of ours like Nerdotomy, The Whiskey Reel, Sorry to Waste Your Time, and Code Yellow, A Scare Actors Podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Joligula. I'm Ian Big Baguette Mingle. And make sure you stay evil. <laughs> <laughs>